Welcome to the Turnaround Mindset Podcast with your hosts, behavioral economist and psychologist Phil Slade and successful business leader and accountant Adam Smith. In these unprecedented times, decisive and fearless leadership is critical to any business transformation. Each week, our hosts will unpack the tough and intimate questions we all face as professionals, offering no-nonsense business advice to those bold enough to think and act differently. Now, here are your hosts, Phil and Adam. Hi, everyone, and thanks for joining us today on the Turnaround Mindset podcast. Today's topic is how do I make myself more valuable? Adam, where do we start on this one? Well, look, I think, Phil, this is a really relevant topic right now. You know, we're just coming out of, you know, the broader economic impact of COVID, which we really haven't felt in terms of what it could really do for job security across the board. Um, It's a serious concern for many employees at the moment in today's workforce. But I think it's worth acknowledging that, you know, even before this global pandemic, organisations were already becoming more acutely aware of the need to remain competitive. They need to innovate and deliver services more efficiently. So we were already finding that more positions were being outsourced, they were being cut, revamped, which makes it very difficult to believe that anybody's job is completely safe. So most recently, I've found that you know people are starting to ask those more direct questions like, am I a valuable employee in this organization? Or does my employer know about the value I add? Or are they only interested in the service I provide? I think what's really key here is that what I've found is that you'll still find a group of people in any organization who are absolutely indispensable regardless of the environment, the economy, or the market that they're operating in. And what separates them from other employees is the value, or the perceived value, I should say, that they add to a company. And I think what we should go is is finish up with what our top nine recommendations or strategies would be for making yourself more valuable to any company that you're working I for. I love a good list. Not top 10, but it's top nine. I love it. <laughs> so, uh, but before we get into the, the, the top nine uh, strategies, uh, what, are we, what are we talking about when we talk about being indispensable? Well, you know, it's how do you make yourself someone who your bosses perceive and believe that without you, productivity would suffer? or the overall business itself would be jeopardized without you being there. Mm. In other words, what you need to become is necessary. When when you're focusing on what others perceive as valuable in you, as indispensable in you, then um, you will end up getting reward for effort. Mm-hmm. I think what happens is if you've got if you hold too closely sometimes to an identity that is I am a this, I am an engineer, I am a psychologist, I am a uh, a computer engineer or I am I, I was hired to do this job role description when the company and the context changes, if you hold too close to that and you double down more on what your description or job description is or what your identity thinks that you are, you won't get reward for effort. And eventually what happens is that you don't become indispensable to the organization. You become basically useless to the organization. You become jaded and you start getting this sense of what they call in psychological terms uh, a, a learned helplessness. So you learn that whatever you do, nothing's going to come of it. And you basically depress. You basically go to work and you start, you go from a high performer, a potential star performer, to basically somebody that's just there for the paycheck. And that's never going to end well for anyone. It doesn't end well for the organization. It doesn't end well for you. You're not providing uh, value for the organization. That sense of, of creating that environment of learned helplessness is is somewhat your own design. It's because you haven't been able to change. You've got to take responsibility 
or creating the value to the organization. It's not the organization's job to see your value. It's up to you to present that value. And I know, Adam, you've, you've gone through this yourself with your, your own personal journey, I think, haven't you? Yeah, and no, look, as you know, I'm a big fan of Jim Rohn and his teachings. And I think for me, I very early in my career found myself uh, working in London as a chartered accountant and started working for a wealthy tycoon for a number of years uh, who was a real big believer in the philosophies of Jim Rohn. Um, I was 25 years old uh, and I managed to get on this uh, particular tycoon's radar for some of the work I was doing and was ultimately invited to meet him for breakfast early one London morning. That must have freaked you out. You're going to breakfast with a tycoon for the very first time, right? How did, how did that make you feel? Well, I, I have to say I, uh, I had sweaty palms. I was all <laughs> over the place. I wasn't sure what to expect in terms of him asking me the tough questions. And not only that, I'd, I'd only had a few moments in my career up to that point where I'd actually been sitting or been able to sit face to face with those who were employing me. You generally met them on the first day and that was the last you saw of them. So <laughs> I, I, was, I was a little bit nervous. Uh, not a lot of sleep way. the night before? No, not a lot. And I, I think, you know, that that's what makes those sort of uh, situations, you know, you, you remember them, you know, very, very well because, you know, you go through all the different phases in your mind of what it is that we're going to be talking about, et cetera. So I, I think for me, the reason it stood out as a memory for me is probably the advice that was given to me on that day. You know, he, he basically wanted to find out more about my background, what I'd studied, where I'd grown up, all that sort of stuff, just to get, you know, a sense of where I was going to be within his organization, you know. And I think what was interesting is after I told him all about myself, you know, he indicated to me, he said, look, Adam, I think you've got all the ingredients necessary to succeed and be wealthy. So why hasn't it happened yet? And I think that really sort of took me by surprise. I was pretty gobsmacked, if I'm honest. Uh, and, you know, at 25 years old, you, you're only just starting out in your career. And I proceeded to give him every excuse I could think of from, you know, I, I've just started my career. I've got student loans. It's uh, haven't had a lot of opportunities to really, you know. Uh, Is this where you saw him drifting off in the background? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so he, he started to, you know, get that glazed uh, overlook <laughs> like uh, like any sort of crispy Creme that you're uh, sort of talking with. Yeah. Um, and I think for me, what was interesting is that whilst I sat there and listened to him, he, lay, he, you know, he was very patient with me. You know, he nodded and, and gave me the opportunity to sort of give all those excuses. And then he just basically leaned across to me and he said, what you've got to do is learn to work harder on yourself than you do your job. He said, the key is personal development. And I think for me, that's where the quotes that I've started to, you know, not only you know, talk to my children about, but also from the point of view of have used throughout my career from Jim Rohn himself was that, you know, the most important question that you can ask in your job, right, is not what are you getting, it's what are you becoming. Mm. Stop asking what am I getting paid here, it's what am I becoming here. Mm -hmm. Uh, And primarily what he said is happiness is not contained in what you get, happiness is contained in what you become. Mm. Personal development is key. Do you want to know why it is that two people can be doing the same exact job except one is getting paid double what the other is being paid? It's generally based on the skills they possess over someone else. Income, I've found, does not far exceed personal development. So, Adam, this is we've both got personal stories, really interesting stories about how we, we created value in of our, ourselves. And I suppose in looking at those stories and then our experience with organisations and people over the last 20 years, we've sort of quantified that experience and 
we'll put it into nine strategies. These nine, the top nine, the top nine list that we're going to go through now, which I'm, I'm pretty uh, excited about. So if you've got a, uh, a pen or paper, you're listening to this, if you're running, try to make a note of these. These are great. The, these nine strategies are going to be on the website. We're going to put a little uh, a handout as well, uh, and, and you'll be able to download that at turnaroundmindset.com. But let's go into the top nine strategies. And the first one I think is is so crucial and so critical but so obvious as well. It's do work that matters to the organization. Don't screw around with stuff that no one cares about, right? Well, look, I I think there's no end to the medial jobs that you could find yourself doing day to day. But (laughs) taking on the tough projects, doing work that really matters will ultimately Mm. get you noticed. You Mm. know, in big companies, you could be the smartest guy with the best skills, but unless people know who you are and what you do, it ultimately won't matter. Mm. Mm. And I think that leads to then once you're doing the work that matters and you understand what the value to the organization is, you then start going, how can I be, be unique? How can I get a point of differentiation that that differentiates me from other people that have got the same job title, that have got the same skill set, that that I'm I'm no longer being hired for my skill set. I'm no longer being hired for what I do. I'm being hired for and paid for who I am and the value that I deliver, right? Yeah. I look, I, I think of becoming a unique offering sort of from two perspectives. The first is harness and develop a skill that makes you one of only a few capable of delivering a particular service. This is of real relevance at a time when organizations are already pivoting into new markets and adapting to what we're already calling the new normal. You know, your capacity to float to the top with the right expertise can suddenly become real. And I think the other way is, is to become the go-to person for a particular customer or client relationship. If you are not there talking with the client, the clients come to trust you, you know, you are indispensable. You become somebody who actually has, you know, the relationship that's key to that organization. And without it, the company may not have that relationship going forward. So we've tackled the work that matters. We're doing work that matters. We've found ourselves a unique offering and differentiated ourselves from other people with the same job title. Then we need to double down. Third, number three is becoming the gold standard in your profession, right? Absolutely. And I think, you know, this is about taking real pride in what you do. It means staying committed to the objectives and timeframes. It means staying proactive, bringing the right attitude to work every day. You know, holding yourself to a higher standard will affect the team you work with and work for. You know, this means going the extra mile, trying to add value at every part of the process, every piece of work that you're involved in, responsible for or supporting. It's key to the success and your career. Yeah, great. And number four, we're flying through these nine strategies, right? Number four, uh, and this is my personal favorite, is, is being solution focused. At the end of the day, you need to work with what you've got and deliver a successful outcome for the company you're working for and the customers you represent. If you're solution focused and you're always generating new ideas around how to deliver a better outcome, you know, at the end of the day, you're always going to make your job for your bosses a lot easier. Now, that's number four. Number five, and I know this is one of your personal favorites, Adam, uh, staying ahead of the curve. Stay ahead of the curve, number five. Yep. Oh, look, I think it's so important these days to think like an innovator and a problem solver. 
knowing what technology is changing within the industry that you represent uh, and reading the market trends before they occur. You know, uh, Ultimately, those people that speak up, that question the norm, and this is the most important part, can back up their opinions about where the market is going with hard data become the go-to thought leaders within a business. You know, it becomes another way that within a large organization or one that's spread out across the country that you can stand out and get noticed. Mm. And the thing I like when when you've talked about this before, Adam, I've, I've heard you talk about not necessarily focusing on being the expert. Yes, you want to be the gold standard. You don't need to be the expert. You just need to be ahead of the curve. Right, so you don't you talk about artificial intelligence, for instance. You don't need to be the world expert on all things artificial intelligence, you just need to be ahead of the curve of where the people around you are at. You need to recognize whether or not you are actually the front runner in terms of winning that new work, or whether you're still operating at a level that's actually going to put you behind and actually, you know, put you in a position where you may not actually be winning that type of work going forward. So, number six, which is become the ultimate communicator. You know, part of the decider of the company that we've built is all about the way the brain works and, and starting to understand communication and communicating in the way that the brain understands and responds to the information and stimulus around us is really, really important. Yeah, look, excellent communication skills is generally the segue to many management and leadership roles within a company because they're always looking for spokespeople who can properly communicate the vision and objectives of the business leaders, can write persuasively and give excellent presentations. Now, I know there's lots of people out there that struggle with public speaking and some will also have to refine the ways you know that they write pieces emails etc but you know continual improvement of these skills is a must in becoming more successful within an organization i think most people make the mistake that public speaking is all about confidence and it's just about confidence it's actually the order of information that you present that's more important than the way that you're presenting the information now both can be important you know and obviously coming from theater and a lot of theater companies do do you know uh, come in and 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 work with you on on performance confidence and and things like that and you know the ted talk three minute speeches and there's a great there's a lot of great youtube channels uh and and talks on this as well but more importantly than that is the way that you organize their information and on the decider.co we go through um you can have a look for apsi that's a p s i and this is a way that you can order information how whether you're writing an email whether you're writing a speech um, whether you're having a meeting, whether you're designing a workshop, an agenda for a workshop, whether you're taking people through an entire organizational change management program, it's, it works the same way. And if you're wanting to communicate in a way that doesn't trigger people, that makes sure that they actually hear what it is that you're saying in a, in a way that makes them feel good and makes them feel makes the, the listener feel like you're on their side, not against them, uh, then the apps is the way to do it. But number six, becoming the ultimate communicator. It, it, you cannot undervalue the importance of good communication. What I would suggest, if public speaking is not one of your key strengths, head on over to decider.co in order to develop confidence in front of an audience and to think on your feet. Go through the modules, take a look, see what you think. Yeah, there's some great webinars there, some great resources there to, to look through. Seven of nine, the big countdown continues. Be accountable and responsible for your performance. Yeah. Look, at the end of the day, this is one I've really viewed and and in the employees I've worked for, you know, we're generally very good uh, at, you know, accepting the accolades of success at work. But it's ultimately those who can take responsibility for their actions when they make a mistake. It's so important, you know. Similar to having the right attitude, which we talked about previously, 
Uh, you don't want to be one of those people known for complaining and whinging about the cards they've been dealt and ultimately blaming the circumstances that you were in for poor performance. You know, those people don't generally last long in organizations and don't generally go on to lead organizations either. Mm. Being accountable and responsible for everything that you do, both good and bad, is paramount. Number eight, continually refine and develop the right skills Look, what I found, you know, at the end of the day, the skills needed to do your job well today may not necessarily be the skills that you need in the future. To remain valuable, you know, it takes continual refinement of core skills and knowledge. You know, you need to stay, really understand where the market is going and also understand what are the key skills that are going to make you valuable going forward in your particular field. So for each opportunity that comes up, always ask yourself, what are the skills that I need to do this job better? And is it just skills-based? I mean, the Jim Rohn, going back to the Jim Rohn kind, is about personal development as well. So these skills aren't just job-based, task-based skills, right? But yes, it is. But it's also about your own skills, your emotional intelligence as well, I would imagine. It's about the nuances of your ability to be able to interact and harmoniously collaborate with other people. That's just as much a skill that needs to be continuously developed. It's moving so fast right now, you need to continue to stay up with where the trends are going and what are the skills you'll need and the knowledge you'll need to be relevant and valuable going forward. Our final strategy is being a team player that values others, that genuinely values others, right? You know, it's important that your colleagues can come to rely on you as a problem solver, you know, as a sounding board primarily to test new ideas. And always, within reason, so to speak, be prepared to lend a hand. You know, this type of approach with your colleagues will generally lead, I've found, to opportunities with mentorship, for coaching opportunities, and to keep the team motivated to deliver that end goal. Now, this is the whole case is the people that you're that are working for you or working with you uh, in 10 years' time could be the very the key decision makers that make a significant difference in your life. So, Adam, I think that's all we've got time for today. I'd like to sign up with a, a quote from Clay Shirky that really encapsulates a lot of what we've been talking about today, and that is, personal value is the kind of value we receive from being active instead of passive, creative instead of consumptive. See you next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Turnaround Mindset podcast. If you liked what you heard today please head over to iTunes, Google, or Spotify, hit subscribe, and share the podcast with someone you think would benefit from it. Don't forget to leave a five-star rating. To download this episode and access other relevant content, please visit our website, www.theturnaroundmindset.com. Join us next week for another Turnaround Mindset episode. And remember, the only way it gets better for you is when you get better.